What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain there are certain times and certain products in on its history that I get particularly excited about. Like I remember when I first made what was called Hemp Force, which is now Power Food Active, and I was actually ordering the raw ingredients and getting my mixing spoon and trying to figure it out and trying to decipher how to make it. And I finally made a good formula and I started making shakes and I was so stoked. I was like literally running around to the neighbors, having them try these homemade smoothies. And, you know, there's been moments like that with the supplements and with fitness equipment and with different things throughout history. And right now we have another one of those moments and it's with the new Onnit protein bars that are coming out. So we first made our first foray and we had these vanilla almond bars, which were great, but we really had the opportunity to take them to the next level once we got used to that formula, once we understood what the flavor profiles could be, how to take those to the next level. So I'm so thrilled and so happy to announce that we now have two new flavors, which are absolutely my favorite flavors, the blueberry walnut and the mint chocolate chip. And just like our other protein bars, it has a combination of 60 different plant ingredients along with grass-fed whey. And it's really low sugar. All the bars have under five grams of sugar. They taste phenomenal. You're getting all the micronutrients from all those different plant ingredients. You're getting healthy fats. It's one of the best bars that I've ever seen on the market unequivocally. I mean, you look at some of the other famous bars that are out there. A lot of them have a lot of sugar. A lot of them have a lot of artificial ingredients. Nobody's using grass-fed whey and 60 different plant. It's completely unique, and I really do truly believe that the flavors are unparalleled here. And we got some new protein bites that are coming out as well. But for right now... We're focusing on the protein bars, and they're absolutely phenomenal. So go to onnit.com slash Aubrey, lock in your 10%, and try these things out. I promise you, you're not going to be disappointed. I mean, the blueberry ones are like are crazy. They like blow your mind. I'm a huge mint chocolate chip fan too, so I'm all over these things, and I think you guys will be too. So once again, onnit.com slash Aubrey, and uh, check out the new protein bars. I'm a guy that's tried a lot of things and experimented with all of the transformative practices in gatherings. But interestingly, I'm still uncomfortable mentioning that we called together a men's group for the Sedona retreat weekend. Now, why? Why is that uncomfortable for me? I don't know. Maybe I have some necessity to be surrounded by women at some point in time or be have someone there with me to validate me. I don't know what's wrong with me. But anyways, the result of having my brothers, my peers, my friends, 
and no other distractions, nothing else going on, just us with the radical freedom and vulnerability to drop in and talk about anything we want without our own projection of judgment. I mean, our girls are fucking rad. They don't actually judge us, but the idea in the mind that they might and the posturing that might be created just in case of that hypothetical scenario where they are looking at us different actually does alter things. So curating this intentional men's retreat weekend in Sedona was incredibly powerful. And one of the results of that was one of my favorite podcasts. I got to sit down with three of my best friends and brothers, Kyle Kingsbury, Tate Fletcher, Aaron Alexander. They've all been guests on this podcast before, but this conversation was awesome, really interesting. We were intending to talk about masculinity, but we really just ended up talking about life in general. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and follow everyone individually as well because they all have an incredibly unique and super cool perspective. Podcast is motherfucking starting. Wow. I we like have a thousand pounds of men. <laughs> like probably like literally a thousand pounds of men on this podcast. That's my new record back here. Of poundage. <laughs> of American male poundage. <laughs> so I have a loose idea of what I want to talk about. And that loose idea is what I want to talk about is the concept of masculinity, how it has been misportrayed, the lessons we've learned along the way, where we're going, and also with an understanding that masculinity doesn't purely pertain to men. This is not a gender thing. This is not about men. This is about an archetype, an understanding of what that thing is. And all people are a blend of masculine, feminine, et cetera. But as actually biological men, you know, and grappling with that concept, which I think is something that all people need to grapple with, but particularly all of us have had ideas, insights, things that have changed, thoughts that we thought were important that are no longer important. Thought it'd be an opportunity to dive into some of where we've been, where we think we might be going, and uh, maybe some of that along the way will um, help light a few paths for some other people too. Should we all go around the table and introduce ourselves so people recognize our voices? <laughs> it's not a bad idea. All right, I'm Kyle Kingsbury. I work with Aubrey. And Hi, Kyle. I've, I've also had <laughs> Tate Fletcher and Aaron Alexander on the Human Optimization Hour. Plug. <laughs> I feel like I've already been introduced now. I feel like this is redundant. Yeah. Uh, Tate Fletcher, and I'm just happy to be here, man. I feel like uh, it's a huge conversation. I've wanted to, like, to talk about it in this format. I'm excited for this with you guys, man. This is, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super grateful to be here, too. Um, Aaron Alexander, I've been on the On It Human Optimization podcast a couple times, Aubrey Marcus podcast, and then had these guys on the Align podcast. I'm currently sleeping in the basement with Kyle Kingsbury. Happy to say. We're just cranking out farts. And now, what is, what is code for basement? You want to tell people? It's not levels. exactly the upper room. It ain't the upper room. It's where we leave it. It's the lower room. Yeah. So one of the things, I'm, I'll kick this off, and, uh, and maybe it'll jump off the conversation. One of the things that I talked about when we did the breathwork ceremony is that I had this idea about strength. And to me, I needed to be strong. You know, and that was an idea that I had from very early on. And that meant physical strength. It meant sexual strength. It meant outward achievement strength. So what I accomplished, it meant my financial strength. It meant strength in all of these different ways. And it's been really a run like a like a race to try and show that i was strong because i felt like being strong was what made me really worthy of love and then now 
in this journey, finding that, oh, all of those external things are just the play and maybe perhaps some of my expression that I've chosen. But this idea of strength making me worthy of love was really a misconception from the start that I was worthy from the beginning and that I didn't need to go out and prove all of these things. And I might as well have, like I can go do all the same things, but it's not what did you do? It's like, why are you doing it? And how are you doing it? With what mindset are you going through this? And I think for me, it's been a real realization, like, cool, all these things, I love all these things that I've done and I'm happy about them. I'm happy about the way my body acts. I'm happy about the company. But the why behind it was never always quite right because I was trying to show, hey, look at me. I'm a real man. Got all this shit sorted out. And then now realizing like, oh, man. It's a huge part of it is thinking that you got it sorted out, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, totally. That's like, a, I don't know how long that takes where you're like, oh, okay, I can stop pretending like I know what's going on. Like nobody really has a great, great idea. Some people have paths that are uh, better routed to get efficiently towards a place, whether that's a place inside of courage or of, you know, integrity, honesty. Like, I don't know. I start thinking about things like that and I start thinking about strength. I guess I never thought of it as a, in like a male, female or a, a, a separated way. It's like, I, I feel like, like maybe challenging myself or something, but the conversation that's going on right now kind of in the country is, um, it's a weird thing. It's, it's weird to not think that there's an overlord going, we want people to be as divisive as possible. And we've, we've done it pretty well with blacks and Indians and Mexicans and white people. And now we're going to do it with genders. We'll see if we can do that. And it seems like that's kind of what's going on. And, and uh, it, it's just a, it's an interesting thing to kind of sit back and view, you know, because as with everything, all these things are changing and this won't matter much in a little while. I think that we think things are so, so significant right now. And, and with a little maturity, you go, oh, it, most it unwinds itself. Yeah, I think there's definitely this macro issue of what the world thinks about ma- masculinity and being a man. And then there's the internal issue. And I think if we go from the inside and then work our way out, you know, and try and try and sort this out, that makes sense. Because I think you're absolutely right about the country and how it's judging and putting people in categories and different boxes and those boxes become prisons. And then those prisons keep you trapped and you're trying to live up to an idea. But like, how has that affected you guys personally? Like, how has the idea of being a man like been in some ways an illusion or some ways a trap that I you guys was, have got in? I was gonna ask you, Aubrey, as you were as you were describing your experience with that, if you've had any like hard breaking points with that. Cause I started off really obsessed with bodybuilding. It started off at like age 14. Around that same time, I had some interesting like childhood experiences with my dad. He started smoking crack and ended up going to prison and got into prostitution, and all these really interesting experiences that kind of like he was the prostitute he was pimping oh yeah it's pretty interesting he came up with like bullet holes in his car and it was like a super fascinating experience he was like did he have a nice coat (laughs) (laughs) or a cane (laughs) no he wasn't like the cool kind of pimp he wasn't like snoop dog monte carlo (laughs) not even close Um, good el dorado but so that but this so the story that i tell myself that doesn't need to be accurate is that a product of that led to me feeling like okay my my home my physical tangible home doesn't feel safe so i'm going to pack on my biological home and put on all these different Mm -hmm. walls and so what that led to being was like super imbalanced body so i got really focused on all the superficial 
muscles, which is like a metaphor for all sorts of other things. And then eventually it got to a certain breaking point where literally my shoulder started dislocating, my ankle dislocated. Like my body was so imbalanced that I went from being an athlete to being this huge yoked out bodybuilder kid. But then my, the parts literally started like exploding in a sense, like, like popping off my body. Did you, have you had any kind of like hard moments like that at all? Of course. I think we all have had these hard moments, you know, where we have an illusion that we chase and you chase the illusion until you get right there and you think like, this will be glorious. I'm fucking going to make it here. And then you're there and you're like, fuck, it was an illusion. Right. And then that sometimes you need that. Sometimes you needed to get to the point where you were a body, but like if you would have been frustrated, didn't have the discipline, didn't have the will to actually blow up your body and get that big. You might not have learned that getting that big didn't make you feel any better. Yeah, exactly. Like it's almost like you have to have you have to pursue it yeah. enough until you can say like, "Oh, that wasn't the thing." I feel like that's taking responsibility for yourself too, in a way. At, at a certain point, you go, "Oh, it, it falls on me to own me in in that way." Not like if I acquire this, then I'll become whole in some fashion, right? Yeah. What about for you guys on the fight? What about for you guys on the fighting side? Because you guys, I mean, that's a very rare career. Like, you know, actually right. slinging your bones at another human. Like, it's a rare career that not a lot of people have. But like, what were the, I, there had to be some ideas and, and things that you were chasing along the way that kind of now looking back, you're like, oh, yeah, now that I've done that, I've learned something. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it was, for me, it wasn't about like being as strong as I could or being any of I don't know. It's like, I don't think I ever fought for other people, but I certainly, when I fought, I, I, when I first started fighting, I just wanted to beat the fuck out of people. Like I had a burning desire to hurt people and I, and I didn't care if I got punched, if I got to punch you back. And then over time that shifted to, I just wanted to be the best version of myself. And I was picking up things like breath work and meditation and how to calm my mind when I'm in the storm, in the battle, you know, and those things have translated outside of fighting very well for the rest of my life. And I have a deep appreciation for that. Uh, but eventually fighting through plant medicines and also the lack of pay and everything that we know happens with fighters, it just wasn't important anymore. You know, and I think that the plant specifically ayahuasca allowed me to release that from any type of attachment to the identity that I had as a fighter. Like, this is what I do. It doesn't, you know, I'll keep chasing that dream until I can't fucking think and I'm drooling out of my mouth, or maybe I can just pump the brakes here for a minute, reassess my life and say, there's a lot more that I can do. I still have a fair amount of brain cells and I can move on to the next thing and see what that is, even not knowing what that was. Is there, all right, let me challenge this slightly. Like when you hurt your knee recently, like how did not being able to move your body in a assertive kind of physical expression, how did that affect your mentality though? It was fucking, it was more crippling to my ego than fucking any yeah. part of my body. Yeah. You know, like there's a part. Did you feel weak? Yeah. And it, there's a part of it where it's, it's not even just like I was telling Aubrey this. It's one thing if I can't get on the mats and roll, you know, like, all right, I can, I can take right. some time off. It's a completely different thing if I can't run, if I have trouble walking, if I can't sit on the floor, like we have a Japanese floor table to eat dinner on and I couldn't sit down there without my leg being straight and it going to sleep and me feeling just fucked up. And then that would just remind Mm -hmm. me. And of course that my expression of my own pity party (laughs) is extended out to everyone I'm around. My wife feels that energy. My son does. He can't play. I'm like, ah, quit wrestling with me. You know, like that kind of thing. And, Mm -hmm. and it really rubs Tosh 
the right way. It fucking pisses her off for the right reasons. Like I did that to myself. I should know better, but I'll keep relearning that lesson until I take it in and actually start to embody that gentleness and the balance. Or loving yourself just the same Mm. with an injured leg, with no leg, with two less legs. Yeah, it's a thing about usefulness too, right? That's the thing. Like, yeah, I'm I'm worthy because I can do all these things. I feel that, Aubrey. You know? And then, so maybe that's the... Maybe that's the if lesson. your usefulness in the community is like yeah. you're like I'm a protector. I'm able to to do this or whatever. And then you go, no. If a couple of old people came by and pushed me, my I would fall over. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I can't, you know, or yeah. whatever. It's like so. Then you're like, who? Then who am I? You can, re, you know. I think that's the thing too. If you're moving out of something that's kind of an austere career like that and going, who are you now? Mm. Is is the next thing? And I think that men have to do that regularly, and we're not very adept at that. Like nobody tells us really how to do that and the only way i start thinking about it i start thinking about so you do this thing you do bodybuilding at that time you do jujitsu at this time whatever it is it's like just i've I've been lucky enough to jump into those things enough that i know what it really tastes like i know how to navigate it it's and so they become layered on top of me next week of who, who is that that you become you know and and this idea of like i'm in that becoming instead of a place that i'm trying to arrive to I wonder, Kyle, with you, when you get injured, if it actually ends up being, it could potentially be beneficial for the relationship because it ends up softening you to Tosh and to your family. You know, mm-hmm. So we like, as men, I think we feel kind of obligated to have this very strong, hard, large, kind of intimidating. I want to be hard and large. <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> Code word basement. Situation. <laughs> but when you lose that, like I remember with, with an ex-girlfriend, she would like she would like me the most by far when I was sick. Because all the other times I wanted to go to jujitsu. I wanted to go climb a mountain. I wanted to like go, go, go. And it was this kind of like fulfilling this masculine stereotype thing that I would lead with because that was where I was more comfortable. But then when I was down, I was like, I just want cuddles and soup and like all these other parts that are just as valuable. And maybe even like, because we're maybe a little bit out of balance, more valuable for, for most of us as men. You know, so by, by taking that away from you, it actually ends up making you a lot stronger because it forces you to shine the light on other parts. I hate myself when I'm sick. <laughs> exactly. I know, I do. I think I am, I am an unworthy piece of shit. Exactly. When I, and that's why I, think I worry about getting sick so much. Because like I built... And I'm obviously working on this with why I'm mentioning, but I've built my identity on my function, on like what I'm able to do, what I'm able to contribute. This is what I'm able to offer. And then I'm, I'm, if I'm sick and I have to just receive, or if I just ran and you know had this car accident and I can't do anything, it's like teaching me like, oh wait, I can still be loved even when I can't and I'm not. And you're hanging doing on the anything. identity of who you were yesterday. Yeah, it's like today after the car accident, that's a new identity now, that's and so me. like being in that and kind of uh in real time like we're talking about like these significant events in time and and that those are markers in time and and a lot of times we don't notice that as the milestone kind of that it is or whatever these new epochs kind of that come up but like that happens readily i mean an accident flips that right away you know i actually experiences yeah i actually end up having more respect in certain ways for people that aren't genetically like obviously conan the barbarian Mm -hmm. and they're still strong and confident and show up and feel like i guess my thing is uh, shame brought me there in in the big of going fuck man i would be embarrassed i got like deeply into like marcus aurelius was my hero all through my 20s and i was just like i feel like it would i'd be an embarrassment to walk around not be able-bodied 
not be able to handle myself physically, not be able to be well-read. Like I had markers for myself where I was like, I wouldn't want to, I would be less of a man. Why would I choose to be less of a man? And, and that was kind of the thing more of like, and I say man as a human, like that, yeah. that'd be, I, I mean, I think that's an important yeah. distinction, I guess, as a human, I'd be less of a human. I'd be irresponsible as a human if I didn't get a kind of average modicum of, of usefulness at all those things, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what drove me there is I wasn't, I don't think, trying to uh, fight against something or anything. If anything, I was trying to swage my ego in a way where it's like, put yourself in these horrific conditions and see who you are now. It's like we have this idea of what the man is that's worthy of the love and affection of society at large, which was, would have been our tribe back in ancestral times and which now is like expanded to, to the tribe and also our partners. Like this idea, like, okay, if I can be this type of thing, then I'm worthy, you know, but then you really, you get all those things and then you realize that all of these ideas about what you need to be are not really true. Like, and you, but you can still choose them. Like you can still choose to be strong and be fit and be successful and do that. But it's not what you do. It's like why you're doing it. Are you doing this to chase this thing? So you cross the line and here I am. I fucking crossed the line with all this external validation. And then you realize that you're actually not standing strong at all, which is a realization that I recently had. I'm just standing bolstered like a statue that's made of all of the stilts of all the validation of every woman I've ever been with and every success I've ever had and every, you know, (laughs) thing that I've ever done. And then I start removing that and I collapse to the ground and I'm like, wow, I can't even stand on my own self-love without these other things because I thought I've needed all these things to be even worthy, worthy of my own love, worthy of society's love, worthy of anything. It's like this idea I think that so many of us have is really a really a dangerous prison. And I also think that everyone at this table has had their ass kicked so many times that that builds the lessons in and the fact that we keep mm-hmm. coming and keep coming back, keep getting up, that builds something that lends itself to the whole human experience. Like if you have to make that transition, getting fired with no severance and go on to the next thing with blind faith, or I don't know what I'm gonna do after fighting, but I know I'm not gonna fight anymore and we'll see what happens, right? All those things become possible through the lens of, damn, I just got (laughs) fucking destroyed or damn, I couldn't get it up for that girl. Or man, that guy just fucking beat my ass silly and teabagged me for 15 minutes in my hometown in San Jose. All those happen, right? Do you, like, I cannot possibly express the self-torture that I put myself through for a failed sexual encounter. <laughs> Do you understand? Like, I would actually go through punishment routines where I'd be like, I had one in Australia where I had a chance to hook up with this girl. It didn't work out. Like, dick wouldn't stay hard. The thing was like, it was just kind of a mess. And I was like, you know what? You, you know fucking what? piece of voice. shit. I was I like, love- you know, you don't even, you don't get to sleep tonight. You don't get to sleep. You're going to sit there and you're going to write in your journal and you're going to read this book and you don't get to sleep because you're a piece of shit. I thought you said, you and were I was gonna- literally, I was literally doing that to myself. And I did that. So I forced myself to stay awake all night as a form of self punishment because I hated myself <sighs> and then continued to hate myself years. I don't know. I mean, that one, not that About one that specific one thing, but that one incident stuck out because of this massive. What's worse, not getting hard or premature ejaculation? Ooh. 
Well, it's, it's all like the same. It's like the same fucking <laughs> getting hard as we were. At least you finished when yeah. you prematurely ejected. But they, they're, they're like related. If you don't get hard though. You can put it on her. Not that that's what I suggest. <laughs> wow. But if you premature ejaculate, it's completely. It's completely. <laughs> that's the that's that's that's, both, that, that might be on her too. Both. <laughs> <laughs> it's on her in a beneficial. Way. But that that thing, like for me, because one of my core like home <laughs> issues. You're talking about home issues. Like one of the reasons I've been driven into open relationship. My home insecurity like my personal insecurity is about sexual dominance and aptitude leading to the worthiness of love like i've just had that instilled from an early fucking age and and that to me has been the biggest insecurity that i've tried to you know overcome and then it wasn't going well for a while and then i like overcame it with this like grandeur of having like these big you know lots of girls and these big kind of moments where i was like beating my chest like king kong like see see i can do this you know what i mean and like still like still (laughs) finding now like this week little pieces of like sexual validation from whitney that get threatened because we're in an open relationship she's interested in, in sleeping with somebody else and i go oh but why why does this hurt so bad like what do i need from her to make myself feel like I'm worthy of love. And that's been the exploration. And we all have these things that we're like, if I'm not this, I fucking hate myself. Is it part of it like, am I not enough? Like, because that becomes the thing, right? I know that my my trouble with uh, one of my longest lovers was that, was, you know, why do you have to be with other people? Like, am I not enough? And, And I couldn't get to common ground on why that was that it was just a different thing for like that i wasn't going to be true to this thing that she maybe wanted to be true you know but that's a that becomes a a whole myriad of issues that grow out of that then for well me. that's a false idea that you that people ascribe to in society this idea that one person is enough it'd be like i always liken it to the restaurant owner that would get mad if their friends ate somewhere else like, right is my restaurant not enough but for it's you? a reflection of this thing with whitney too i mean yeah. that, that's a mirror of that in a way too it's like what, what, why, you know, and, and instead of that, why of going, is there not infinite love? I love what you said last night about the sun. And it's like, if it, if it, if it warms me, does it warm you less? No doubt. You know, and, and that's such a beautiful fucking idea no doubt. when we can get out of that scarcity that, that, that there's not enough. Where the terror for me lied, because I, because I know, because I know fun of like philosophically and from the paradigm where the terror for me lied was that she might find someone who she liked fucking more than me. <gasps> And then, of course, the only reasonable course of action, if she succeeded in finding that, is to leave me. So what? The the only reasonable, that's what my fear says. My fear says, if you like sleeping with somebody more than me, then, and and, which is a whole crazy concept because each sexual encounter is its own unique thing. And it's so crazy as if your relationship isn't so fucking tethered with deeper ties Exactly. It's a fucking (laughs) rampant delusion. It is. It's a rampant delusion. And it keeps me from rooting for her I sometimes can get there where I can get to this conscious place and be like, no, I am you. I am him. I'm rooting for you guys. I want you guys to have, and then I'll retreat to fear like, oh my God, was it better if it was? Well, I know what's just going to happen. It's because I'm a piece of shit and you're going to leave me. You know, like that's like the crazy fear voice that comes up. So I wonder what, for myself, selfishly, what are the action steps for cultivating self-compassion? Because it seems like that's like an, would likely be an underlying layer of all that stuff. Like, I feel like I'm not enough. I don't, really truly love myself so when anyone kind of extends an arm out to love me i'll sabotage that or slap that away because it doesn't make sense like i don't have that it doesn't 
compute. All I've done for that is to try to look to others' needs and go, where can I be a service? And where can I be useful? And if I get interested on, on, on them getting theirs, that's the only, the only way I can win is if they win. And when I put myself in that kind of thinking, it's like that's how I can get over that a little bit. And I can go, at least I'm in love, even if I'm not a fan of me very much, you know? But in, that, in, in a way, that is a form of external validation. It's you validating yourself through your giving. Sure. So, so at, as Tate the giver, Tate the giver is worthy of like being used. I think it's a good, yeah. But I think it's a good way to get out of most of your depressive, yeah. almost all depressive, you know, traits. It's a you huge can get trail. out of by service. Like, huge. so it's great advice. But I think there still is the trap of if I'm not in service, am I worthy? You know, and so like what he's asking is like, okay, what are the things that are not, it can't be an outward thing that you do. It has to be this like internal bolstering this internal curing of this breach that says you're not worthy of love from the drop. Like you have to know that you're worthy of love from the drop because you're, you are love. But that's such a huge idea. Yeah. So, the, so how, the, do you the build, how do you build the gaps? Steps yeah. toward that. Like I found, so I, I, I recently finished up a Vipassana meditation, as you guys already know. And in that, one of the things that they, they really harp on is that like every moment that you're there, you're practicing for the rest of your life you know so when you're sitting doing the meditation you have an idea of something either like an aversion or a desire aversion desire and so every moment that you have that thing okay i want to get up or okay i want to have sex or okay I wanna... and you say okay cool i get that that's cool okay we'll watch that go by and it starts to become like a muscle where at first you just immediately go out you know for you tate it might be okay cool like i'm of service i'm big strong man like i fulfilled that part you know but so with the meditation just as an you know, an example action, that's like, you can start to build that micro muscle through that, that repeated act of being comfortable, not doing that thing. I think it's the thing you do that's uncomfortable like that. You do that contrary action enough, and then there's freedom in that. And then after a while, that contrary action, that's hard to fucking get up to do becomes your first nature, right? And you have to practice against, cause we want comfort. We want that shit that feels good. It sucks to stand out in the cold. But then you go, okay, that's the only way I can get resilient to cold. And like, there's a benefit to that. And I think, I think there's something in that. I think it just takes time. I think people are looking for a, a pill or a switch or this or that. And I think it just, it takes time. I know that the longer I meditate uh, habitually, like continually and um, in a real prescribed manner, I get huge benefit from that. I go away from it for a few days. It goes away. I don't own that anymore. So like, if I can stay in the thing, I can garner a great result from that. And when I go away from the thing, then I start to feel bad again. So it's like, for me, it's, it's not a thing that I, what can I do to overcome that? It's like, what's a way of being that I can walk through this life and I can act in a way that I find honorable in each of these moments, therefore loving myself through all that time, I think. Something like that. I think, for, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead brother. I was, was going to say, I think you have to cultivate practices that are uplifting, but also challenging at the same time. Yeah. So the yep. reward is built into the challenge, right? And obviously we're not strangers to plant medicines here. And I think every time that you go through something deep where you really are faced with challenges and fears and, and whatever's underneath the surface rises to the top, you have to surrender and let go and come to an understanding that it's okay. And to learn to love all of it, all the shit, all the things that are going wrong, all the ways that you thought and the ways you beat yourself up and put yourself in prison and in hell. And through that, you come out on the other side and it quiets the noise of life. And the same goes uh, maybe 
maybe not even, I was going to say on a lesser degree, but maybe not on a lesser degree with things like cold therapy, breath work, the movement practices that Aaron's so fucking good at, you know, like just moving that energy through your body, like getting, getting a little fucking weird, right? Let's be weird. honest, a little yeah. weird, but at the same time, Saw a like, couple things. <laughs> Kundalini looks fucking weird when people start shaking yeah, themselves yeah. like rag dolls and, ah, but you're moving energy out, right? And if we stay stagnant and think that everything's going to fucking fix itself and the ship will ride itself without our intention, without us actually putting something into practice, it never does, Right yeah it's it's all about what are the ways how how can you learn and i think you can learn in multiple ways through like suffering and reward i think is typically like both have to kind of ride together and also like collapsing collapsing illusions like when i had that experience where i was getting multiple girls at the same time and having my like sexual king kong moment like all right, I that, just got a quarter that, like, right that, <laughs> that validated some element of me which actually like kept me from a deep amount of suffering but it didn't cure my insecurity it just gave me evidence to support this false idea that i had you but i was scratched the itch and it yeah, remains there it but i was still unsatisfied it. until i created this open relationship which actually created the scenario which would put pressure on that constant need for validation and it's been putting pressure on that for five years and i've been in either avoidance or you know desire like craving to try and get more validation or to try and avoid and pretend like it doesn't matter until finally like you start to see it for what it is oh this is these are the deep undercurrents that are here and then so then what's yeah. the truth so you like to put the pressure forces you to to create a solution and then you can use these solutions that don't really work these temporary fixes i can build myself up or i can avoid it pretend it doesn't matter or i can like actually look at it and ask you know what is true what is true what is true and then really see like who you are and in that you take ownership of what's happening in your life it's not like oh she's gonna go fuck that guy because she went and it's like all these things are happening to me right and we dive into that and this is a huge issue right now we've been talking about all weekend is the victim mentality that we see just spread like a fucking wildfire right now but to take ownership of of anything that's happened to me and then through that the responsibility of i'm the only person that can get my my ass out of here i'm the only person that can right. write the ship right yeah i gotta save myself i think that thing you're saying man it's vibrating in my head is uh that struggle your your last five years or whatever you know um and i think we get into this place where we go i, I want to live a struggle-free life i want to i want it to feel <laughs> yeah. i just want this shit to feel good why can't it feel you know what i mean because i know there's parts that feel good like yeah and uh and it's like that thing that you know ships are safe in the harbor but ships aren't built for the fucking harbor man and and like that thing about being out there and in that abrasion with whitney how fucking huge is that to find somebody that goes we're gonna bleed and toil with each other and it's gonna be expressed like this and we're gonna get stronger through that and because the thing is is at a certain point you either decide i want to learn and i'm addicted i'm going to continue learning or I'm not because I, I want to cleave to my comfort. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, how do you get past those things or whatever? How do you get into self? It's like get addicted to learning and, 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 to, and to growing and elevating your consciousness. And then fuck, man, it's undeniable because you're looking at all the different things. Why? I mean, whether it's like, I want to learn why the conservatives think this, or I want to learn why women are like that, or I want to like, whatever it is, man, if you're in the learning, you're not in the judgment. And, and I get into that trouble when I go, all right, this ought to look like this. 
or whatever. And then I start imposing that fucking, you know, the, this big will that you're talking about onto the situation. And it's like, fuck, just relax, man. And I think what's so helpful to me is to have it tempered. You know, if you don't have equally dominant, strong people around you that are higher thinking like that and that you know you have a love with, it's it's difficult to grow at an aggravated rate. I feel like the more it becomes more potent, the yeah, more- community is an accelerant, right? for sure. What was that Maslow quote? It just really speaks to what Tate was saying. Oh, I'm gonna mess it up. I think something along the lines of you can either move forward and I think progress, that, might, that part not, might be right. You can either move forward into progress or backwards into safety. So anytime you move into safety, which yeah. I had this experience yesterday before we did our our, our, our uh, ceremony here, where I was kind of like, I was actually saying that Maslow quote over my head. And it was like, okay, take the red pill, you know, like <laughs> yeah. go forward, like backward into safety is what you know. And then going into what you're unsure about, that's where all the growth is. And as as you guys were, were um, well, there's a couple things. One that the as far as like actionable things to look at, there's in relation to Maslow, you could look at like the the Maslow's hierarchy mm-hmm. and kind of explore like how is your home? You know, are you really proud and feel safe and, and comfortable in your home? How is your nutrition? You know, do you feel do you feel like you're you're getting strong from the food you're eating? Then look into your relationships. You know, then look into like, okay, how's my my work? Am I am I passionate about what I'm doing? You know, there's different specific micro levels that you can look in and start to repair. And then the top of Maslow's hierarchy is self-actualization. But you don't get to self-actualization until you're satiated and feel stable in all those other lower levels. But I think that I think that you know, leaning towards and leaning into the really challenging shit is where really the learning, you know, the learning tends right. to happen. Like yeah. the reason why I'm not <laughs> a very crazy. good shaman is because <laughs> I'm attached to people having a positive outcome and a good experience. Like I can hold space pretty well, right? You know, and I, I have, I have some capabilities in that. But when I'm when I'm making the playlist, you know, like a good ayahuasca or like a good, they'll let the dark stuff roll because they know that the dark stuff is sometimes where you get to grapple with your most important shit. But you know, and, and I'll do a little bit of that. But if it's like, man, it's kind of getting dark in here. I hope people aren't having a struggle because you know, because I'm not committed. I'm not. I don't have the radical faith in me serving the medicine at this point yet that I'm willing to like put on that song that's going to drudge up the shadow and like have people have to reckon with their deepest fears. And so I know that that's the difference between me and someone like Don Howard who like isn't afraid and some of the great shamans that I've worked with like they aren't afraid of that ikaro that's going to call you, you know, to face your death because they know that's where the healing is, right? And and I think we have to know that for ourselves and know that like these things that push us whether it's a plant medicine or whether it's aspects of your relationship or whether it's vipassana you know sitting still with your own thoughts like yeah that fucking thing you know all of these things that are hard like the gold is hidden behind that dragon you know that's where the gold typically is and usually you have to square off and and face that i was just gonna say it's not enough to just listen to it on the aubrey marcus podcast it's not enough to read about it in a book like you have to experience these things firsthand yeah right you really do it doesn't matter which it is if you're not down with plant medicines that's okay there's many other things you can do like but how many how, like we did breath work were any of us not in 
a huge amount of tears i was high as shit high on my own supply like when mom yeah, says yeah and then i was fucking oh, just yeah. fucking sobbing with snot coming down my face it yeah, yeah it, i was beside him and that's just that's just breath so so it's not this is not like we're saying oh it's the plants gotta be the right. plant no no breath but it's hard work. and I, that was the first thing i told cal was like i fucking forgot how hard it is to breathe like that it wow. takes a lot of effort. Yeah, it's not. Oh, I'm gonna sit back and huff and puff. You guys go until you're hypoxic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's fantastic, man. Yeah, cool. and it's just awareness, right? Bringing awareness and discipline to a simple act of breathing, and and that's the thing is like it can literally be anything, you know. Just pick that thing, and then dig into that. And if it's just beating that drum over and over, like over time, there's all the lessons are gonna come right there. Like whatever that thing is, get great at that. Just do it. And after it's boring, keep doing it. That's the thing too, is that it's so easy to quit. You know, people quit before they get the juice all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's where you've lost. You go to the point of resistance and you go, ah. Right. And then you retreat. Right. right. Like you learn the lesson. Like if you were gonna be a fighter and you got did everything up to the point where you're supposed to walk to the cage and you were like, nah, I can't do it. Did you see that boxing? <laughs> Who saw the boxing? I didn't see this guy fucking walked down to the ring. This is yoked dude standing in there. Dude fucking takes one step into the ring, takes the foot back out and just turns around shaking his head. No, no, it ain't going down and walks back and they, the camera slowly falling. He doesn't even run. He just walks slowly back to the room. No fight. And they yeah. raise dude's hand. He's like, huh? Yeah. The lesson, the lesson comes in the courage, you know, and maybe that was a sensible thing. Maybe the dude would just beat his ass and he already had like, <laughs> a like, concussion. Oh, no. Like, I don't want to judge him for that. You ass beat. <laughs> but that's, that's like, oh, I tried keto and it didn't work for me. How long did you do it? Well, one or two weeks. Right. You know, or yeah, I, you yeah, know, yeah. I went on this hike, but halfway up the mountain, it got kind of difficult. So or, I head back down. Or I, yeah, I'm, you know? I'm gluten free, but on Sundays is my cheat day. It's like, well, then I want you to maybe think about that. It's never out of your system ever. <laughs> like you're never actually gluten free. Yeah. <laughs> So the other thing uh, you and I were talking about, Aubrey, was um, being seen, I think, is really important. Like making that an intentional practice of putting yourself out there and, and allowing other people to see you when right. you're, you know, like even last night, like I was saying, like I felt insecure about laughing because I was like, right, I right. thought shit was really funny, you know, and I was like, oh, is my laugh too loud and obnoxious, which <laughs> it kind of is, um, you know, but, <laughs> but throughout that time, it's like every time I do that, that's like literally like a little micro medicine of like okay cool like i did it and everyone was, was cool with it <laughs> all right or like oh i'm gonna do this public speaking thing i'm gonna be seen by everybody you know like all right cool i, I finished that and i got done i was like wow, yeah. i feel so much stronger yeah you know you or playing music yeah the more you stretch into that you build your capacity yeah. and the fucking beautiful part is like okay we can all put on a mask and create an avatar and that avatar will be our personality what we show other people and that avatar may get massive accolades right like you could be like oh this is the funny guy and everybody loves right. that that guy but if that's not you and you're projecting an avatar all that love and all that praise and all that attention and everything that's coming whether you're in a relationship with a lover whether you're hanging with your friends everything that's coming to that avatar you won't feel so it'll never actually nurture and support your real soul and you feeling seen and you feeling like you're in community because everything you've done has been a projection so it never lands. It like never lands in the heart until you're radically vulnerable. 
and just fucking say, all right, here it is, here it is me, I'm fucking crazy. And, and you do a good job of that because you're, like we said, you're a fucking, your asshole was in a chandelier last night. <laughs> like you were upside down, moving around. We're like, I closed my eyes for a second, I woke up and you were fucking in a pretzel, sucking your own dick. That's and right. it was like, this is great. Right. He, just tied his, he just tied his sphincter and was swinging. <laughs> it's no hand, look, Bob, no, no hands. hands. <laughs> Been icing my back all morning. <laughs> but that's, but that's it. And then, and then to know that you for can go through reason. that. And we didn't change our opinion about you at all. Right. We can fucking laugh right. and say like that was fucking funny, you know. But it doesn't change it. And you guys don't think less of me for my story right. about my fucking beating myself up for sexual performance and co- like it doesn't matter. Anything vulnerable you can put out and then have people in your tribe of in your community be like, oh man, that's crazy. I went through something similar, a little different. Right. But the love doesn't change, and right. you get like really comfortable. I don't even give a shit what anybody's done in a way. Like, I don't care what's happened. The only thing that's kind of like we can't then buy is that is like a deal breaker is is if we can't talk about it and work through it. Like, like if you're not willing, like, and it's like that thing with you and Whitney for five years or or Mm -hmm. what whatever the thing is, it's like to have somebody that you go, okay, no, that was a huge fuck up. You fucking fucked up. It fucked my shit up, dude. I'm fucking pissed. But it doesn't like you can still with mature loving people go to a place where it's like we can rub all the edges off of that make amends with that and move on and grow stronger too it's like but the minute you go i don't want to learn or grow anymore it's like well that, that's cool that's the point you get off the train then yeah any two people where you can both acknowledge your shit yeah the relationship acknowledge can't, your shit. if yeah. you're willing to acknowledge your yeah. shit the forgiveness is easy yep. the forgiveness is easy. oh yeah i fucked up like if if two people are in that state, the relationship is ironclad solid. And maybe yep. you won't, the affinity and the fun won't be there. So you won't hang out. But there's nothing that can ever threaten it. You know, like say it's like unthreatenable in that position. If you're willing to, no matter what you did, go like, oh shit, I didn't even see that. That was fucking gross. I'm sorry. And the other person's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Thanks for acknowledging. And right. like, all good. Yeah. I think it's hard to get to that space of vulnerability and and 100% honesty, radical honesty, however you want to word it, if you're so concerned what other people think and you're always trying to please others and fit into whatever you think other people are thinking of you. And Mr. Giles, who's over here helping make sure this podcast sounds flawless, (laughs) was talking about his kids in high school and they were wondering like, what what is everybody's thinking about what I'm doing? And he's like, well, how often do you think of the other kids? And she goes, oh. Yeah, I just I'm I'm worried about what's what they're thinking of me. Well, fucking everyone else is doing the exact same thing in high school, right? So like understanding that, it relieves some of that. And I learned this thing where there was a I forget it was telling me, but it was a, the difference between an elder and an older. <laughs> and the elders are wise. The elders are the 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 grand keepers of the tribe. They've right. never stopped learning. They have ultimate wisdom to share and a zest for life. They'll play with the kids. They'll smile. They might need to take a longer nap, but they're engaged with life. The olders, that's, that's the people that are complacent. They want it done a certain way. They don't want to try new things. And they're vested in trying to keep everything into that tight what bubble was, was. without taking chances. Yeah. Right. That was a quote. Um, I was talking to Tate this morning. It was, it was like one of my favorite quotes, I think probably ever as a creative adult, as a child who survived. You know, and that's like, as you get older, a creative adult is a child who survived. survived. So you have that child, that light, right? Where you don't know anything and it's totally okay not to know anything because you're a little kid, you know, but the reality as an adult, you don't fucking know anything. 
<laughs> like you go out and you look at a blade of grass like if you can really truly be fascinated by that or look at your wife or your kid or your you know anything yeah. and be truly fascinated by that then it's like oh you have this light you have this creativity but we have the tendency because of that that fear of being masculine you know to be like a, a real strong masculine you have to fucking know everything grow up fast son yeah you know, know and, and they we're, we're told not to be that kid you know because we're treated like a kid and we don't want to be treated like a kid because we're not treated like a, a a learning sentient being you know a lot of times like we're treated it we're disempowered in a certain way i think a lot of us feel that that's why there's all these fantasy movies about kids who have magic powers who can like do shit because we feel innately disempowered until we can arrive and we're restricted and well we can't drink alcohol till we're 21 like fuck you (laughs) You like that's that's not gonna apply you know so we have this thing but then but that child like keeping the child in the man is fucking essential and like for those of us who've lost that child lost that ability to play and access that and just the ability to like ask like you know what a kid does really well it's like hey can i have this hey can we do this hey can we blah 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 and like the people receiving that question they're free they're free as fuck to say yeah or no like whatever and the kid's like all right whatever they're so good at going why (laughs) yeah 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 why (laughs) why it's the most annoying goddamn thing ever (laughs) but you think about it i I need to adopt that how important is it to say like i don't know what that means can you break that down for me yeah right most people just nod their head like they know what the fuck you're talking about rather than be like hey uh can i don't know what that means yeah yeah or it's it's the ironic thing with you you saying of how like expressing something that you feel like everyone's going to judge you for that it's actually has the the total opposite effect where all of a sudden everyone loves you more because you're actually finally being genuine mm. and so it's like everyone's like looking for some way to be a hero or whatever at a micro level just you being completely honest with yourself it all of a sudden gives everybody else in the room permission to be honest with themselves you know and that's i think as far as like well, medicine everybody's for the taking world. a sigh of relief they're like thank god this motherfucker <laughs> finally got it yeah yeah you take your mask off first and it gives everyone else everybody, permission to man. do so dude that, that everybody's wearing a fucking avatar, mask i can Every do person. that too yeah yeah so if you're the per it's like you're a goddamn revolutionary if you're the person it's like mask on the table everyone's like oh it's like going into a dance floor everybody wants to dance you know you, if you actually like hit the dance floor with your friends and you have fun you're, at the end of that you're like that was amazing like you've never not had an amazing night with that but the first person to get on the dance floor they have to be kind of somewhat of like a pioneer and then the, it's actually the second or third one i think that then attracts the crowd yep, the first exactly. one's the, looked at as crazy or yep. something like that right exactly. look at this guy and so then the second yeah. one and the third yeah. one's the one that allows the freedom for everybody to adopt that. yeah but the first one cracks the mask for the next one i think that thing too about the, the you know all these masks and avatars and all this kind of stuff like behind that is the thing of not expressing it when you're saying that then all the good stuff that's coming to that avatar misses your soul mm. is that if that avatar is not you I, I have a belief that our souls are dying to be acknowledged, to be shown, to be seen. And if you don't do that out of fear, restrictiveness from whatever, how you're raised, whatever, at the certain time, it's like what Kyle said, everybody got to save their own life. And what you got to do is you've got to be just unrepentant in exposing your soul. And if you don't do that, I think you get cancer. Like I, 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 think, I, right, I, I think that it's like, not science, but yeah. Yeah. no, there is science. Yeah, there. I've never, sickness, I've never, I've never completed school. But no, there's, there's actually, there's actually, we gotta, we gotta fact check this. We need Ryan on, on the computer. Like last time, he's not. Um, but I believe, please fact check this. Uh, religions that end up having more shame around genitals will have end up manifesting more cancer around those areas. Is it like? 
around like cancer, like, not not circumcised yeah. or not. Like, prostate, yeah, and prostate, and yeah. breast cancer. Yeah. So if you move through the world with a little bit of contraction around your your nether regions, then all of a sudden that's like you're setting the stage for something toxic to start to. No doubt, up. the link between the emotional body and the regular body is proven. You know that like that's the fucking placebo and the nocebo effect. Yeah. It's in every goddamn clinical trial. Why? Because the mind affects the body. So we have to recognize that what are the manifestations of that i don't know it's going to be shitty if you feel shitty about yourself it's right. going to be better if you feel good about yourself and think of yourself as healing that's for sure but i want to go to i want to switch okay i want to talk about one thing real quick um okay so we're talking about masks and these are these outward projections of who we are right but i want to talk about the subtle manipulations because this is something that's come up for me a lot like subtly manipulating through acts of kindness or acts of excitement or acts of thing that that also is something that's highly stressful i think one of the reasons why i've had like a low level anxiety is because i've had this idea that i need to make people happy or by my communication i need to make people feel a certain way by this communication so a lot of times you know acts of kindness kind things have the intention it's not the fact that i'm doing kind things that's great but the intention was to create a certain response so in a way even though it was kind it was manipulative because i was looking for a result and so the results that came would that would come back from that you know if i say something that i don't really mean but it creates this result the result that comes back will never actually feel satisfying because i know that it didn't come authentically from the truest place it came like I was fishing for something in a certain way. And I think that's something we got to look at every time we got, every time we have a text that comes to us and Ted was talking to us about this, like you have a text that comes, you know, like what are the things, what's the true way to respond? There's the way that you think you should respond for manners and what to make that person right. feel good and what will give them the best thing. Well, okay, extra emojis and extra exclamations or whatever you got to do and the response time to call, or there's the true thing the true response and like having people that you can practice that true response you know like the little subtle things fuck that's powerful because then that really takes the stress off you can only do that with some people man <laughs> <laughs> otherwise it's just not it's not worth it's not worth the juice bro yeah. i'm going to all that work for what so you can have hurt feelings you get to only do that with somebody that goes he knows he's loved he knows yeah. that like blah blah, blah there's and he's not going to think it's curt or short he's just efficient and he's probably doing some shit you know what i mean it's like don't take it personally and that's and that's the thing is it it offers a heightened way to take it personally with those with texts and with all of that likes what what i mean whatever it is i think that leads to the to the importance of seeking out friends that are trying to elevate themselves that are at least on a similar path of self introspection and willing to face challenges and in in that you can have a bond even if it's just fucking one person that's really meaningful. And if you decide to go with truth with the people that maybe can't accept it and those people fall off, that's fucking okay too. Mm. You'll keep building on that that one person and finding new relationships that are fulfilling and meaningful where you have someone that can receive your truth. I think that's the key is to build, and that's what I think we're doing with this tribal concept is trying to build a group of people that there's nothing that we need to do to try and create any other outcome other than the expression of ourselves or just the joy of doing it. Like right. it's like you can go give somebody a back rub because you want to, because it's gonna 
feel good for them and you enjoy that process but it's not because they'll like you more right it's not it's not because you're doing something to show how good you are at this thing or whatever else it's like a group of people where you can be radically authentic and that generally ends up being things that actually cause them to like you the most anyways so it's like releasing the anxiety and tension around it and then stepping into the joy of that feeling all of it and not having to think you know not having to like track every little thing that you're saying and doing and judging how's this land what are they going to think about this that's fucking exhausting well that's uh, there's a freedom and if now now you go back to maslow's hierarchy of needs and you go okay if that shit is in your mind all the time you don't ever get beyond i can't believe they didn't give me the right emoji you never you never get beyond that there is no enlightenment coming for you you're in no danger you know what i mean and and it's like so you go and you go okay i've got to get beyond my own ego of how i feel like this reflected upon me because another person made this other decision like that's a that's an insanity to fucking put away it's none of your business you know those those are trick there's a useful key <laughs> mind your business you know <laughs> But I see what you're saying, though, too, and I see what you guys are saying about there is times for these, for a little bit of falsity that just smooths things over, right? Like, if you are going through some shit and somebody random that you know is a talker comes up and is like, hey, what's going on? Like, you could be like, oh, well, I'm having radical self-validation issues in my ruthless self-examination. and (laughs) That's the truth, right? Right. But that means that you're committed to 30 minutes of talking oh, about how'd that. you get into that <laughs> yeah exactly and like so you have to decide you well, take a class or something <laughs> well maybe the best response is no i'm good you know just you know normal I shit go with, i go with prayer hands <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think with all that you can it, it does come back to just at an individual at a, 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 a micro level you can just do that with small little practices like the meditation is a single is a single practice exposing yourself is another practice you know you don't need to do these grandiose acts you know it can be little tiny things making eye contact with somebody when you're at the grocery store like those are the things that really i think aggregate and compound and matter but it's a lot more interesting to focus on the big highlighted right if you do those things consistently i look i smile i remember names whatever the thing is then it's not like you're pretending you're a more thoughtful person. You are a fucking more, th- you're in the metamorphosis yeah. of being a more thoughtful person. Practice makes the master. And that's the thing, oh. right? That's that's why it's just stay in that practice. It's also being the is. first to act. That was another thing I like written in my journal I got from someplace else. But be the first what to act. Mean? Be the first person to do the nice thing. Be the first person to make eye contact. Be the first person to, to, to show compassion. Be the first person to say, I'm sorry when you're in an argument. Yeah, mm-hmm. just be you the first. You know you have some piece of that as yeah. your own responsibility. And that diffuses, it sends this, this like way wave of diffusion through the whole situation you know even if you kind of maybe know the other person is a little you know like just by being the more responsible more maybe that's like a masculine maybe feminine i don't know which trait it's something it's important that helps everyone to start to come on that level and you can almost say i'm sorry in virtually any situation because if you're in any kind of contested situation there's been a truth gap or somehow Absolutely. some miss some some way in which things were misconstrued and things were not communicated and somehow you're misaligned in that way and both people are somewhat responsible Dude, for any misalignment whether whether you know i've had to terminate i do all almost every termination in our company myself and i start every one of those meetings with hey first of all 
I want to say I'm sorry. I want to say I'm sorry I didn't have better oversight. I didn't help you more when I go and check in with you more and communicate more and like acknowledge this fact like, look, I'm not saying that you're gone because you suck and everything else is awesome here. Like, let's just start with me first. You know, how I could have been a better boss, how I could have been a better CEO, how I could have created a situation where this could potentially win. But I didn't and I'm sorry. But here's here's the result of where we have to go and what's for the greatest good. But that, but having that conversation, and I learned that because I've been, you know, in this for a long time, like starting it that way creates a whole different vibe than like coming straight at someone like, well, you were late this many times, you were blah, blah, blah. And then people get defensive and then they're like, 26 this whole days, other this thing. Month. But it's the same in relationships, it's the same in all of these, all of these potentially contentious discussions, like acknowledging your part. It's because there's usually always some part where you could have done something yeah, else. Or even acknowledging you know, that you didn't have the foresight to see that it wasn't going to work out from the right. get-go. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like yeah, this exactly. isn't meant it, to man. work out. I think the, num- the, the highest form of communication is when I take 100% responsibility yep. for the whole fucking thing. <laughs> and, and, and then you can also. Yep. You know what I, I mean? There, there's, a, there's a commonality, mm-hmm. a unity of like we're not separated then in that way. And that's a huge thing. Everybody talks about a 50-50 thing or this. Yeah. I think you've got to be in 100% ownership. There's not, there's not partialities in where I'm standing, where I, where I am. If I say nothing, I affect the room I'm in. You know, you, you, I mean. Yeah, you're affecting the way that person the whole feels deal. and reacts to you. And how, and how you see them that. and how you see them is what gives them permission to be that thing. And so am, like, I, am I looking to be mad or am I looking to get free? Am yeah. I looking to be in more communion with this person or do I need to blame somebody? And, and that becomes a huge thing. Yeah. Like, do I want to be right or do I want to build this back the way it was or even better than it was? And give them, a, give them, all right, we can talk about the severance package and the money, but the best thing I can do for them, anybody that, that is leaving on it, is I can look at them and look at them and see a success and see a hero that goes on his journey, learns from this and fucking crushes it somewhere else. And look at them not as the failure of this or that or the person that I'm but like look at them and be like you're gonna fucking kill it somewhere and then they're like you know what fuck that's yeah beautiful, maybe man. i am you know maybe i am what a difference that must and make. that way and that that's i know that and i've not like i've done that perfect every time you know i've gotten it right but like i know that's the best thing you can do and that's the best thing you can do in any situation if you're breaking up with a your girl or breaking up with a guy or like talking to a friend and like like looking at them as the person who is whole and healed and learned from this and completed the hero's journey and come back with the elixir from all the ways that we travel and see that person already now and like that allows them to become that person i think one of the ways to avoid cancer is, is the <laughs> you you motherfuckers fact check fact check this one i don't know you is uh leave everything better than than you found it you know, if you take that mentality, again, at the micro and the macro level of every single person that you see, every material thing, if there's some trash on the ground, grab it. You know, that ends up translating over to the way you take care of your body. You know, that's like, if you just have that simple mentality, I think, I think you're pretty good. But the caveat where that scares me is sometimes you have to allow people to face their own shit. And you have to be a mirror, a loving but steady, stable mirror saying, hey, I love you and I see beyond this, but I want you to, I want to see this gross behavior. You have to take a look at what you're doing, how you're expressing yourself. Like where are those fears coming from? And that might, that may temporarily leave them angry, depressed, bereft, violated, 
you know, in all of these different ways, hopefully if you do it the right way, it'll be, it'll minimize that, but you have to be willing like the shaman to be a, be a clear mirror and not try to force them into happiness when really what they need is the dark parts of the inmost cave of the hero's journey. And so like making sure that knowing, like knowing the long game and knowing the truth, truth ultimately is the redeemer, is the thing that will heal them and allow them to accelerate on the path. And anything short is a manipulation, which is your fear, which is just going to couple with their fear and prevent them from actually learning anything. So it's that you're absolutely right. Leave them better than you found them, but trust that truth is the only way to truly leave them better. Yeah, and that's radical honesty, yeah. right? If you play small and you're like, oh man, this guy always yells at me and he's so verbally abusive, but you know, he's, he's under a lot of stress and you start making fucking excuses for people as we Fuck all, all do, right? Instead of, <laughs> like, but instead of just being like, hey, you know, like I feel this coming up for me every time we get in these situations, you're screaming at me and it's unacceptable, right? And it doesn't, I mean, there's many ways that we can, we can push that out into truth without slapping it in somebody's face and placing blame on the other, but also just like, no, this is exactly what's going on here. And you need to see that because if I don't tell you this, then, and maybe it doesn't work out, but if I don't tell you this, then it's just going to keep fucking happening the same way. It seems like if you could, like, if there was some way to check in and see if every decision you're making is coming from a place of compassion, then whatever you do from that point forward, it's like you're safe. That, not, that comes from really because if you're pushing your shit on somebody else and it's compassionate for you or somebody else, but not, I mean, that's meddlesome. Like this is about other people's lives. A lot of that, like even being mirrors and all that. And I, I don't, I'm just not that extended. I got to go back and get and go, when I see this dude walk up, that's a friend of mine. I want to leave him with a gift. I don't want to go, Oh, this fucking guy. I got to talk to him <laughs> hey, because that hurts me. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's like, I, I'm the fish I got to catch. It's yeah. like, I'm not trying. I mean, cool if somebody else gets a, a healing off of that vibe of mine or something <laughs> but like at the end of the day i'm trying to curate my own mind throughout this to have the best response here so my light can shine the brightest and i think that's the thing is like i'm not i'm not running into burning buildings anymore trying to grab motherfuckers out of dope dens or something because we're all in the dark then it's like at a certain point it's like how do you build your bright light so that people can go, oh, wow, there's how you can stand in the light like that. That guy's doing maybe me too. But you don't have to be uncompassionate to avoid somebody. You have to be fully compassionate. But my, my thing is, is like I have to be intellectually superior to my emotional responses and go and leave them with a gift instead of going, oh, this guy. Because that doesn't do me any service. Well, truth is, truth is compassionate. Like I think if we, if we go back to truth and like actually know what that word is, like you can't be in truth and not be compassionate. You can't be in truth and not see what the childhood was, what the stresses were, what the common fears that you both share, what the struggles and triumphs and the ways that the world and their selves and the DNA and everything and the parents and the life and the lovers and everything has shaped this person and not have compassion for that, then you're not in truth. You're in your own delusion, ultimately. And so I think, like, to me, yes, compassion is a good way to check to see if you're in truth. But to me, it's being in truth. That is like the thing because, and then compassion will let you know like, well, if I'm not in compassion, somehow I'm not seeing the truth. I'm not seeing that person as me. I'm not seeing the ways in which, you know, I'm the same and they're the same. And, and I, then, I, then I'm not in truth. I'm deluding myself. And you're uncomfortable in your own chest. Yeah. I think, I think to Aaron's point, like there is a way to check in and it's the practices we've talked about. And it's exactly what you're cultivating with fit for service. Yeah. Like that idea that we can 
have practices and cultivate a means where we are the best version of ourselves. And what does the shaman have to be? He has to be the clear instrument, right? If he's not, if he's carrying his own fears and own shit and this, or she into the ceremony, that's going to come out, right? And they won't be the best for the service of the group and for the good of all, right? So that there is a responsibility, as you brought up, Tate, like with all the shit going on in the world, if you've got a leg up, it's your, it's a, there's a responsibility there to help others. And that first takes getting your shit together, getting in order, feeling like you really are at peace within, and then you can talk to people in a way that they'll receive the it's message. Like back to people, and, and I would say too, I'd add on to this is that everybody's got a leg up somewhere. The freedom yeah. is in the service and then being able to be helpful. But like you got a leg up over somebody, everybody does. And, and if you can't, you're not very creative if you can't find somewhere to be helpful. And, and in, in that, I think is the freedom. People see, <clears throat> people see a disconnect between truth and loving. And they think like, well, that means I'll tell her that she's fat if she looks fat and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not me. Like, truth doesn't right mean there. you're being a dick. You know, like, that's awesome. that's, she needs to know. <laughs> Those stripes don't work. <laughs> but ultimately, like, the truth, truth is that you'll see beyond these petty judgments and you won't even look and recognize the, the triviality of some cosmetic issue that's going on right now so you will be expressing in love like that your truth is love your truth is compassion your truth is these things they're actually inseparable otherwise you're blowing something up and exaggerating it like oh you fucking makeup sucks i don't blah 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 like all right you can have a conversation about that but it better be fucking trivial for both of you guys because only way that that is is you know in love and recognizing the triviality of it and hopefully having a good laugh like what you're looking like Cleopatra today, you know, and you just fucking laugh about it. And both of you, that's the way that actual truth is with love always there, compassion always there. And then you just fucking play and joke and laugh and the rest is just layered on top. And I think that thing about like, are you, are you going to make up? Like, I couldn't imagine ever going out, like, like you going out and being that outfit, Tosh, is fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. who would talk to their woman that way? Like, that, like I don't, I don't, I don't know. But like, that whole thing too is like, am I looking to boost? Am I, you know, like with the way you leave an uh, employee that's on its way out? Like, am I trying to bolster uh, confidence and love and security in that person so that they are confident to let their light shine? I think that's the thing. Is like, that's where that love is uh, transcendent and, and, and transformative. Is that. If you fully love and you can give that into somebody, it allows them to be free. Yeah, because they know that you're there no matter what. That 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 uh, it's it's what not a great, about them. What a great opportunity! What a great opportunity yeah. when that person comes in there a little heavier, or they they're a little fucked up, or like me when I got in my accident, my face was all bloody, and Whitney wanted to fool around with me in the hospital bed. I was hooked up to that heart monitor that kept going off, and the nurses kept coming in. Is where the night of my accident, <laughs> she's still fooling around. And when you know what that told me, I was like. She's I in don't the care about dudes. your swollen. Yeah. <laughs> now we know. I don't care about your swollen face and your dangly ass lip and all this right. fucked up shit. Like I still, I'm still into you, even physically. And I was like, fuck yeah, you know. And that was a huge healing part of the process. But you, if she would look hot, though. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, brother. But if she would have recoiled and been like, oh god, I mean, not today. Look at you. I would have been like, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm ugly and I'm I'm disfigured. You know, I get it. You know, fuck, that would have been fucked up. But she had a beautiful opportunity and she fucking hit that opportunity with those triple seven jackpot of like, yeah. You know, so it was so much, it was significant. And we all have those significant moments where when someone shows us something really ugly, we can love them still. 
like whoa then when they show you their ugliest shit and you love them still and like fuck wow and probably the only way to really actually truly love them still is to love the like the shadow or dark or shittier sides of yourself totally totally we're only capable of loving others as we love ourselves yeah so if we can't love our own ugly our own ugliness yeah. we want to punish ourselves indefinitely for our own shit those times that we got triggered and we got angry and we raised our voice or whatever the fuck our personal story of shame looks like if we don't overcome that with our own self-love we won't be able to do it with anybody else yeah it's, it's amazing it's crazy that like our you know whatever 99 100 of our, our perspective of beauty for most of us is like a 16th of an inch layer of skin over your body like that's where we put all of our focus if you augment that skin just a little bit it's like we're off you know and there's there, i mean there's so you much more to filters, it than that this is a problem <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> and the reward the pro the other the reward system that's in place and i think this is particularly hard for girls in our generation like the the instagram reward system for superficiality is like fucking ridiculous but the depth quotes underneath the ass shots are really good dude, right i mean Double, i like it when that's what you call a win-win that's what you call a win-win i got all the feels in that post <laughs> <laughs> my dick hard and touched me on the inside of my heart <laughs> well shit any closing words here oh my you know i i guess it it's bears saying like uh we're we're in the midst of um this fantastic weekend here in sedona is our setting and and uh to be able to take time for this and for this to occur and to be here with you guys is such a special thing and i think that um you know if if anything it's like the template of of going what what kind of standard am i going to demand for myself and i'd like my friends to have that standard too and and in that is a fucking great a great boat to ride on to, to higher planes i think you know it's um it's really been great and I, I appreciate you guys so much and and anytime to like unplug with all the herring of life it's like it's like meditation taking five minutes a day at the top and the bottom it's like just to do a little bit of oddity into your regular schedule to upset that kind of normalcy i think it, it uh, brings in a different vibration and different possibility and i'm real grateful to be sitting in that I don't realize how tunnel visioned I am in like my my you know LA existence and just like focusing on the goals and the objectives and coming out here and just focusing on community and focusing on you know all the all the things being seen and seeing you guys and supporting you guys and feeling supported that's been something that's super challenge has been challenging for me throughout the years is actually accepting support actually feeling like held by somebody um I mean, it sounds a little some, using pansy language I'm not at all man <laughs> you know but that's something that you guys have been super supportive of me throughout this and it's actually been like i can feel it healing something i don't know exactly where it is maybe around my heart around my something um but yeah it's been it's been it's felt invaluable so i really appreciate you guys doing it yeah brother well yeah less than an hour what a mm -hmm. night the sun is setting final ceremony uh i just have so much gratitude for the group the experience the number of experiences that we've had this week and just where we're at in life you know like aubrey to your point that there's so much worry in the thick of the shit and you're in the eye of the hurricane and just looking around you like it's i'm fucked and yet here we are betting a thousand <laughs> right every fucking time 
there's been a challenge. We've succeeded every single time we've been faced with something that had us thinking it's all fucking over. Well, it'll never be the same. It hasn't been the same. It's only gotten better. Right. Life truly gets better every fucking year we're on this planet. Yeah, Yeah. that's that. That hindsight is foresight. In hindsight, we're always grateful for everything. In foresight, everything's going to disaster. It's going to fuck us up, you know. And that's <laughs> the nice crazy, though, that that's consciousness the crazy. shift of going, yeah. Oh, maybe there's no other shoe that's going to drop. It just gets better and better yeah. and better. To be able to yeah. live in trust rather than fear all the time, you know, like recognize danger, but yeah, yeah that's like that process. is freedom. You know, that's that's claiming, you know the kingdom of heaven as it has been called for thousands of years claiming the kingdom of heaven here on earth is to be able to live in that presence you know and that's i think what we're all working for like that's you know ask the question where are we going like i think we're going to a place where we can be free and when we can be in love with all of life and you know yeah that means the hard times the good times the all the in-between times the times where we're of service the times where other people are of service to us and like why else though but why else would we be in this experiment in this earth in this body in this place but to learn to love it all you know and like learn to love the whole process and trust the process so i think that for me is is definitely you know where i always come back to is just this you know gratitude for all these opportunities and gratitude for you guys and uh it's been fucking beautiful and it's just gonna keep going and the cool thing is is like anybody listening like all of us here whatever shit we find we're not gonna like keep that shit secret from you you know like trust that if we're gonna be learning and figuring shit out yeah. maybe it'll be helpful maybe it'll be stupid maybe yeah. you listen to this and, like these guys are fucking idiots so that's fine yeah. like whatever <laughs> you get to watch the show yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly like we're just thanks gonna... for staying to the end <laughs> yeah. I, i'm sure not yet. i'm sure not saying we're doing it right and this is the right way but we found other ways to be intolerable and so yeah. <laughs> if you found other ways to be intolerable, perhaps you too resonate. Yeah. And that's it. And just just spreading, spreading your truth, receiving the love that comes, because it'll come. Thanks, everybody. Thank Fuck yeah, guys. brothers. Fuck yeah. Right on. I want to mention again that a lot of these guys are going to be involved in some of the programs that I have going on. Kyle and Aaron will be a part of the Aubrey Marcus weekend. And who knows, maybe we'll get Tate to jump in there as well. That's AubreyMarcus.com slash weekend. Uh, Tickets have been reduced back to their original price of $800 for the whole weekend and all the practices. So definitely check that out if you're interested. And then, of course, the Fit for Service Mastermind, which starts January 1st, 2019. That is definitely going to involve all of these people in some way, shape, or form as I'm bringing the best people I know, and these are some of the best people I know, together to help people level up, help them become fit for service, help us all become fit for service so we can live our purpose and sing our songs here on the planet. So that's aubreymarcus.com slash fit for service. And of course, thanks so much for listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast, sending reviews, all the beautiful things that you guys do. Have a great week, loveheads. Peace.